Hey y'all, this is Culture Soup, where tech, culture, and business collide. It's a podcast that spoons up everything hot from social media. I'm your host, L. Michelle Smith, and each episode, we bring you some of the most notable and not yet notable thought leaders in tech, business, and culture. Before there was Twitter or microblogging, before there was Facebook, there were bloggers. And if you look at the word blog, the original word was weblog. And that meant people who actually were logging or writing on the web. Blogging is actually a very admirable thing to do. And some people have made a lot of money doing it. Some people have launched entirely new careers. I have a few friends like that, but very few have been successful enough to say that they exist at the intersection of tech, business, and culture. I know a few, but not many. I have something pretty special for you guys today. I'm bringing on a longtime friend and her kids and her husband are all very much a part of her blogging. She is a recent Howard Law School graduate. She's sharp as a tack. She's Trini American. Her Parents both immigrated to the United States from Trinidad and Tobago. One a doctor, the other an attorney. And she fell into blogging. And it's a very interesting story. And as she fell, so did her family. She has an amazing story. I want you to hear it. She sits at the intersection of tech, business, and culture. Introducing... Eva Green Wilson, a.k.a. Sokomom. You have three kiddos. And what are their names? David, Eden, and Evan. Right. And I've had the pleasure yes. of meeting all three. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and all three of them have at some point or are currently also blogging or microblogging or involved in the internet as an influencer in some way. Isn't that right? Yes. They took a cue from me early on and they believe, they really believe they can do anything through the power of the internet. They can do whatever (laughs) they want. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So, and their ages are? So David is 13, Eden is 12, and Evan is 19. Okay, excellent. So we want to look at what's going on the internet through their lens, if you will, and also through your lens as a parent. And I want to talk about how you actually frame up what is out there from Kanye to Kavanaugh, how you frame up all that's in those internet streets, because we know they can be treacherous. How you oh frame goodness. that up for them because they probably come in contact with a lot of this stuff. Well, just today, 
you know, one will say, so we're having various conversations because I homeschool the two youngest. So we have a lot of conversations around, you know, current events and things like that. And the oldest brings up, actually that must've been yesterday because he's gone today, but the oldest brings up Kavanaugh. Mm. And then the youngest says, who's Kavanaugh? <laughs> actually says, what's Kavanaugh? Oh, wow. <laughs> and then... The 13-year-old, so this is only an 11-month difference, goes into who Kavanaugh is. <laughs> and I'm going, okay, wait. I, I'm with these two all the time. One has absolutely no clue what's happening, yeah. and the other one is fully informed. How does this happen? So a lot of times, so they don't have access to social media on their own because they're still just 12 and 13, mm-hmm. and it's such a frightening landscape. You know, you have so many different voices and so many different opinions and that's fine, but it's really difficult for somebody that age to filter out right from wrong, the voices, the loudest, whoever has the most followers, the most retweets. So it's difficult for them to separate fact from fiction, but as long as they are with me, there's plenty of times in the day that they're not. So, you know, they have tennis, they have gymnastics, they have um, other classes that they take. So they have conversations with other kids. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the same way I just kind of have to throw out something every now and then and ask them what they think about this or wait until what's a Kavanaugh comes (laughs) kind of, you know, lead them back to the facts because they get a lot of a whole lot of influence from kids who have a lot of influence. So it's not just mm-hmm. their, you know, what they find online because they don't really look online for things by mm-hmm. themselves. It's what other kids and other parents are allowing their children to see online. Well, you know, I, that, had a, I had a uh, glimpse of that, even though Joni who's six years old is not online at all. But mm-hmm. when she was in kindergarten, right after the election, came home crying because Trump had won. And oh my gosh. I had this moment <laughs> where I was freaked out. One, because I never talked about the man. We never mm-hmm. watched the news. It's always on Nick Jr. It's always on, you know, Disney Jr. or something. She does go and stay with her grandparents from time to time. And they're always mindful to keep the news off. But what I found out was some kid from school brought it up at the lunch table and had all the kiddos upset about the election. And I realized, I was like, wow, okay, how do I deal with this? And I, I feel like I can't even listen to NPR on the radio because... Like every other word is sexual harassment, sexual yes. harassment, this and that. So yes. how do you deal with the Kavanaugh thing with your kids? Well, so comedy. So the 13-year-old, at the end of this whole description, he ends with the air quotes, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh. What is happening right now? (laughs) So, you know, I just kind of listen to see what side of the issue they think they're on. And then, you know, just kind of discuss it from there. Because I remember um, the youngest, Miss Eden, she had a 
was on the phone. Now, she's always, when she's on the phone with her friends, she's on speakerphone. Not because I'm listening, but because she's an old lady and she likes to have it on speakerphone. Because that's exactly what my parents do. <laughs> right. So she just likes to have it on speaker. And she's one of her friends said, well, all lives matter. Oh. And she was just like, what do you mean? Like, she's, <laughs> she's like, I don't quite understand what that means. Because we live in D.C. Right. And on any given lawn of a, you know, you could be black, white, Hispanic, you're going to see Black Lives Matter signs. It's a very, even though Trump is president, it's still a very liberal city. Right. And so she was confused. Like, where did you come from? How is this possible? <laughs> and she was saying, hey, mommy, did you hear what she said? Like, it was just the most ridiculous thing she had ever heard. And then she kind of wanted me to fix it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, hun, if you all are going to have those conversations, you listen to your friend, hear her out, see what she has to say, and you all have this discussion. But luckily, again, she's on speakerphone, and it wasn't about, you know, sexual harassment or anything like that. But they just kind of talk it out. Wow. And you know, agree to disagree because her friend was not coming back from All Lives Matter and she was not letting go of Black Lives Matter. So your oldest, does he now have an idea of what the Kavanaugh thing is about? Um, Evan, Evan, of course, you know, he navigates the internet by himself, mm -hmm. so he knows all sides of the issue. Um, the My middle son, the 13-year-old, he has an idea, but he's kind of at that age where he doesn't want you to know that he doesn't know. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Kind of like you just kind of have to catch what you can. And then my oldest is very good about that. He'll explain things to him because he, he's, like I said, he's at the age where he doesn't want to talk to me about that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So my oldest will explain things to him and then he'll come back to me and say, well, this is what... I told him, and these are the kinds of questions that he has and stuff like that. Because at, at his age, they don't really understand um, forcing themselves on somebody. Right. Like, he, he can't understand why somebody would even need to do mm -hmm. that, want to do that. So that's the part that he didn't really... Well, it forces all these other conversations that you're probably not even... Like, oh, no. that was not on mm -mm. my schedule. That was not on my it, agenda. Thank you, news. It was not. It Thank was you, not. Twitter. And it's and it's really, if you can shield your kids as much as you want to from the internet and social media. My kids have accounts, but basically I have the account. They don't really go through it other than to, you know, add whatever pictures they want to add. They might do an Instagram story, but they know as soon as they press submit or send or whatever they better give me my phone back because I don't want you scrolling because you never know what's going to come you up I don't know. want you scrolling I don't want you swiping I don't want you doing any of those things but the conversations you can't control are the ones that other kids are having with their parents right. and then they bring that conversation exactly to your kid that's exactly but it. you can't you can't avoid it no people want to run from it you can't there's no way Years and years ago, um, I, well, I've always been into computers ever since I was like a little kid. You know, I was programming in basic rather than going outside. You know, I was. How old I was were you? In, oh, gosh. Um, hmm. I think I got my first subscription to Apple Magazine. Oh, wow. In 1980. 
384, so I might have been about seven or eight, something wow, like okay. that. So yeah, yeah I, I had the same conversation with Jayla Bledsoe, the 20-year-old multimillionaire, and yeah. we're talking about when we learned to code. And he was 12, I was 12, when I learned basic. And I had a Commodore 64, that's one thing I hadn't told him. Oh. But I had the Commodore 64, <laughs> and the reason like, why I had the Commodore, <laughs> go ahead. I said, look at you. <laughs> yeah, well, it was kind of, it was a forced issue with my dad. Um, he actually programmed first-generation computers with the punch cards and all of that good stuff. Filled up a whole room. You needed oh, wow. fans and, and air conditioners, like hidden yes. figures. Right. Like that. So anyway, um, I asked for a, um, an Atari. You remember those? <laughs> the games? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I asked for an Atari console, and it was the nice one. And I wanted to play Centipede, Pac-Man, and all those things. Mm -hmm. And so he got it. He got it for Christmas, I believe. And probably about three days in, he looked at that thing and he said, Shelly, I'm taking it back. I said, why, oh Daddy? He said, because all you can do is game. You need to learn how to program the thing. And I just kind of looked oh, at wow. him like, I don't need to do that. <laughs> and he Same said, yes, thing you kids do. would say today. <laughs> yes. So he went and got a Commodore 64. And, and he showed me where I could put the cartridges in the bag and play the same games, but I had to learn basic too. Wow. Yeah. I kind of, I love that because it really sets up the way that your mind works. Mm -hmm. I realized that my brain works a little bit differently. And my husband, he uh, is a computer science major. So the conversations that we have and like, communicating with the kids and it's it's a very like kind of a linear thing sometimes when it kind of has the whole decision tree thing happening <laughs> that's it's just like the way it it shapes up the way that you think right so, so you got your apple mag at the age of seven yes. eight something like that you start coding yes. and then what and I, I just always been, you know, kind of into computers and things like that. And then I, when, as I got older, I learned HTML and started playing around with making, you know, websites and stuff like that. And then I started my first blog. I'm, you're going to crack up at this one. Who wants to marry my brother? I okay, remember so that. It, and I got to tell you, I actually. Was it not ridiculous? <laughs> <laughs> It was comedy. I think by the time I found it online, it, it was defunct. But there was yes, at least was, enough in the cash for me to read. <laughs> like this, it was brief, but the part that got me was the blogging part of it. Because, you know, every few days I would do kind of like a blog entry. And it was hilarious. Like people were, because I went to... Um, North Carolina a and and it's a lot of nerds that go there, a lot of computer science type people, engineers, and they were all at the time uh, on, on the internet all the time. They were doing chat and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So they would email me and be like, girl, you know, they would have all these conversations. I was like, this is kind of great. <laughs> yeah. So of course that was short-lived. And then um, I started, when I got married, you know, my husband was telling me about all these other platforms. It wasn't WordPress at the time. It was Drupal and um, what was the other one? Joomla. I was on that oh, for a wow. long time. Yeah. You know um, what? You know what that reminds me of? I don't remember. I don't know if you remember. There was a Greek website 
sisters and brothers. I've forgotten what it was called, but the, the webmaster's name was Jamila. And Ooh. it really was, it wasn't, it was pre-blog. And it was a message board. And every time you would post something, you'd have to hit refresh to see who answered right on top. Oh, my gosh. And I actually started a message board um, called Soros and Sister Friends. Oh. Yes. And it was okay. pretty hot and happening. And it was positioned for sisters of AKA, Alpha Kappa Alpha, and those who wanted to be. And it was oh. kind of the, yeah, it was the underground. And, you know, nationals actually came for me for a while, and they had to make sure it was okay. But wow. it was for sister friends who wanted to be sorors, who might want some inside scoop from anonymous, anonymous people on what to do to manage the intake process or pledging, wow. which we couldn't say, right? And it got pretty popular. And I, I can't remember why I stopped it, but yeah. So this was like pre-blog. Wow. Isn't that crazy? And it's 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 funny that how innovative that would be for that time. Yeah. Because now you could, you know, there's lots of different places you could probably get information. They have all kinds of YouTube videos and stuff. Right. But back then. Nothing. Nothing. And, and I, I coded that thing the... from scratch. I oh, literally wait. used what? HTML. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what else were you going to do? WordPress wasn't allowed around. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't drag and drop anything. No, or you know what you could do? What are those terrible um those plugins that always end up getting hacked? They were the guest book. Yeah. You could do you could do those. If those were they had some third party plugins like that, but if you didn't do it yourself, you probably wouldn't get hacked anyway. Right. Yeah. And I think that's <laughs> what I used. I just did a regular site and I used a plugin like guest book. And literally people would post and then you have to refresh, refresh, refresh to get the yep. next ones. <laughs> Yes, yes. We're old, Eva. Oh, my gosh. Oh, but hey, we were coding, right? Listen, we were, we were moving. We were moving. <laughs> okay, so. But, but once I um, realized that you didn't have to keep, you know, coding every page, you know, copy and paste and then do change whatever you had there, because um, my husband had introduced me to Mambo, mm. and it was a, CM, a content management system, and I was like, so wait, I design a page once and then I just keep changing the, oh, this is all right. So this is going to be, you know, it. And then I think the Mambo project merged with Joomla some kind of way. And I ended up on Joomla and I just let Joomla go. Like, wow, <laughs> it's a problem. You know okay, what you get. We're going to start stuck. calling this confession soup. Right, right, <laughs> right. Don't tell anybody. It'll look like WordPress. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> They don't know until they get on the back end, right? Right. They don't. They don't have to know. But once I got into that, and then um, I started blogging like regularly when I was trying to get more connected to the culture, mm -hmm. and the way that it uh, it's it's similar to your story about people who wanted to be AKAs and things like that there was nowhere to get information online. Mm -hmm. You had to know somebody or um, be friends with somebody and they would invite you to these events. And I'm going, how is it possible that these events are packed? 
and no one, like it's all word of mouth. So anybody who was on the outside looking in would not be able, you know, they'd be like, they wouldn't know anybody to get in. Yeah. So I figured I'd be the person that you know. So if you know Soka Mom, you can figure out where to get steel pan classes. You can figure out where to get the best jerk chicken. I you can it. figure out where to, you know, meet up with other moms and stuff like that. So that's when I started blogging regularly. And then I went to a conference that one of my friends invited me to, um, to kind of test the concept of Soka Mom. And everybody loved it. And that was 2010. I went to the conference. 2011, I officially launched. And wow, big since. Gosh, so you you didn't have any demographic information, did you? Did you know, you know, what the um, you know numbers were for Caribbean American people who were in America, and if it was increasing, was this based on demand, or was this just, you know, what? I've been looking for a good roti and I can't find one. I had to find one for myself and I'm sure other people are looking. Um, it's a little bit of both because where I grew up there, it was just us pretty much and maybe one other family. So that was the Southern United States. When I came up here, it, people from the Caribbean are everywhere, just, just everywhere. Um, so New York, DC, Houston, Miami, places like that it wasn't as difficult for people to get connected, but other areas I was finding when I would check my statistics is that one that at that time I was checking my raw statistics, not Google, uh, what is it? Google analytics. It wasn't mm -hmm. anything like that. Like you have to comb through these terrible, <laughs> right. But I was seeing that it was a lot of, um, expats looking for information, uh, I had a lot of teachers because I had coloring pages and stuff like that. So there'd be a, you know, a teacher would leave me a message from Wisconsin. I mean, it was just people from all over the place. People in, people in the Caribbean were actually on the site looking for immigration information. So I had some of that up there. Mm -hmm. um, all kind, it was, it was just, it was uh, overwhelming at first. Yeah. Because it was more than I expected. I thought it was going to be a little, kind of a little fun project to help some people have a good time. And it turned into something a lot bigger. And I felt like I had a lot more responsibility because it's kind of like, well, if anybody knows, Eva knows. Right. And I'm going, why though? <laughs> but I'm just Eva. Right. No, you're so But you know, it, it expanded and it, you just really never know how many people are trying to find out information about the Caribbean. You have some people who were like, I need to do things for cultural day at school mm -hmm. um, for the kids. And I love your coloring sheets because kids can, you know, it's, it's got lots of information that I can use as teaching materials and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So as far as getting my children involved, um, once it got bigger and I started getting approached by companies that wanted me to do sponsored posts, um, you know, they want you to have your kids try things and they were all in. They're like, oh, so we just need to go to the movies and you talk. We could do that. <laughs> so I just need to pose next to this poster. I can do that. So I just need to eat this candy and tell you whether it was I can do that. <laughs> See, I, I think my dad is just now understanding what I do. Mm -hmm. My mom 
picked it up pretty early because she was the one who was very into computers and technology and stuff like that. She was following my blog, you know, from early on. Um, but my dad, just now, like, I, he called me the other day. And he says, um, I haven't gotten any notifications from you recently. Oh. I was like... He said, my notifications, my YouTube notifications, I haven't seen a new video come up. What's going on? Is, is oh. everything okay? I'm okay, like, wait, oh. wait, wait. Did he engage after you got the JD at Howard <laughs> or before? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> oh, um, I, think, I think it was before because he lives driving nine hours away from me oh. and the grandkids. So it was a little bit before once he realized he could see the grandkids oh. doing what they do on his phone. And not he's like, to wait, join what? Facebook. <laughs> right. He's not on Facebook. He's not on Twitter. He's not on any of these things. He's like, so I just have to go to your YouTube channel and I can see the kids, you know, at the beach on vacation like I don't have to scroll through these still photos I can see the kids actually growing up and doing stuff I'm in Aww. so he subscribed and you know well, that's exciting you know what I'm sure he's proud of you my mom kind of had that moment when I told her I was launching a podcast oh. once I got past what exactly that was and that it was connected to my website she got to me the next day and she's like, I have signed up. Oh. I have signed up for the podcast. When does it start? Why is <laughs> she's that not on Facebook either. Feeling? Is that not the best feeling? Yeah. It's it like really you is. can have hundreds and thousands of subscribers, but when your parents sign up, it's like, oh, yeah, you I have made, made it. it. Yeah. What's next? I've SNL? <laughs> right, right, right. It's like, I've made it. I don't even need to do anything else. My dad subscribed, so it is yeah, what it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who needs Google Analytics when you know that one person that signed up was your mama? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, you're good then. You're good then. <laughs>
it he was is <laughs> fully obsessed with minivans, and it needed to be red. So red minivans were his thing. Like he would, right. don't let he, so if he passed one that had a dent in it, you could see him tear up. Like, I mean, he was obsessed. Okay. So I was telling, they had this bright red van at a conference I went to and that, and Dodge had kind of like a whole area dedicated to this red minivan. And at whatever car show he went to, Dave would go straight for this red minivan because that was the color, you know, the one that, that stands out that everybody yeah. goes look at. So I went and told them about Dave and they were like, are you serious? He's obsessed with minivans, not sports cars, minivans. I'm like, no, I'm not kidding. He <laughs> is all about minivans. So they gave him a minivan for a week. Wow. Yes. Okay, wait. And Refresh us on how old Dave is. Dave is now 13, but at, at the, the time, time, I believe he was six. Okay, was, and so they gave him, meaning right, in, in he your possession. Right, he can't drive. <laughs> right. But, I mean, he realized how big of a deal it was when this big 18-wheeler comes and the back of the, you know, they open up the back of the thing and yeah. this red minivan comes out. I thought the boy was going to explode. I didn't think he was going to make it. I thought he was, might have a heart attack. Like, I think I would, too. He was fully falling apart. I mean, my mind would be blown. I'm trying to make myself think of myself as Joni. She's six. And, you know, just this morning, she was like, Mommy, when are we going to get a new car? Which I already think is like, why are you even... Why is it coming out of your face, little person? Yeah. But if somebody just came and dropped off a vehicle on the back of a Mack truck? Yeah, yeah he she, wasn't okay. Yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't okay. And they had arranged for him to go to the dealership and have the guy, you know, take him on a tour of the car. And it was just, you know, and of course, it's a sponsored post, so they're paying on top of this for the blog post that comes after. Of course, Dave's not going to write it, but, you know, he did a video for them and all of this stuff. And he's like, hmm, I want a blog of my own. Oh. I was like, oh. So I had to ask you this. Okay. Was this before or after Oprah? Mm, I want to say after. I believe it was, a I think it was after. And you know, I kind of just opened up a can of worms by evoking Mother O's Ooh. name. So you Ooh. have to explain. Okay, so I talked about the Five Love Languages book on my blog. And um, it's an amazing book. And it was something that from the start of my marriage, you know, it was something that the counselors had us go through and talk through and things like that. And so um, I don't know how the thing came to me, but I ended up, you know, they had a questionnaire or something and I, I filled it out and then I got a phone call. Actually, my husband got a phone call and then I got a panicked phone call from him. Like, are you gonna answer the phone or not? And I'm like, wait, <laughs> what, what do you mean? I, I mean, the phone was ringing, I was just getting to it. Well, they're trying to call you and he couldn't even get everything out. All he'd get out was, Oprah. I was like, what? What? <laughs> he could not get a hold of himself and he's just gibberish is coming out and then the only thing that made sense was Oprah. 
So I was like, <laughs> okay, calm down. I'm standing next to the phone now. I'll answer it. <laughs> and so we ended up being the success story on the, um, the life class mm-hmm. that they did on the five love languages. So wow. they had different, different couples that were talking about how they dealt with different things in their marriages. And we ended up going to talk to the queen. Yeah. So you know what? This blog opened up a lot of doors for you. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, the, the idea behind this podcast and anything that I do is the intersection of business tech and culture. And we covered the tech, we covered the culture the business part of it really kind of is the glue when it comes to this yeah. conversation we're having. So yeah. you've been able to monetize, your kids have been able to monetize. It's kind of meta. I mean, most bloggers, they're just happy to get a sponsored post on their own, let alone their, their baguettes, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, little Eve, Eden, I almost called her Eva, Eden has done some stuff for clothing brands and, what yeah, else? she's done some stuff. Toys. Yeah, she's done toys and clothing and uh, what else did she do? She did hair stuff. She's she's got a lot of things going on, and she now is she's been wanting to have her own blog for a long time, and I kind of held off on it because there were so many things happening. Evan had his ambassadorships. He was doing all kinds of things. It's it's for my blog, but technically, it you know, it's it's his stuff. So and you know, wasn't Evan doing some things for some resorts and? Yes, he ended up in Turks and Caicos and Jamaica, <laughs> and so then you know I've got the one boy on this side. He's doing his car blog and wants us to be all over the country at car shows, and then. Evan, you know, we're actually, we were his guests when we went. <laughs> Isn't that right. something? Right. When the thing says guests of Evan, I'm like, really? Wow. That Okay. That's fine. <laughs> so he's getting to do stuff. And then she's just kind of doing stuff for me, but she really, really wanted to do some things on her own. So she's just now getting into kind of her own identity online, uh, not just Soka Mom's kid. Needless to say, there are probably some parents on the line right now salivating, thinking, <laughs> I got these little money makers at home. <laughs> How can I put them to work? Give them some advice. You know, we'll temper them first and then, you know, give them some encouragement. Thing I would say is make sure that the kids want to do it because if you are the blogger and you have built your brand around your children and then they decide they don't want to do it you're going to be stuck so if you let's say that you have a kid who's done some stuff for a particular clothing brand and then other clothes excuse me other clothing brands see that she's good at it or whatever and then you're getting all these offers, you've already counted the money, and your kid is like, I don't want to. I'm not smiling for the camera anymore. Or they get to the age where they don't want their friends to see them online. 
So first thing, make sure that they want to do it and make sure you have a strategy if they change their mind. So just make sure that it's something that they want to do and that you have a plan if they change their minds. If you've built, you know, you have to have a plan B. If you've built your brand as a family blogger and these are my funny kids, your kids might get to the point where they don't want to be online anymore. Um, David, he had, you know, built his blog. He had been, he had done some things for me. And then all of a sudden he decided, I don't want to be in front of a camera anymore. And as a parent, as a business person, you are like, are you kidding me right now? But as a parent, you're like, you know what? You don't have to. Because this is not, it's not mandatory. Once they reach, and mine are right at that age where their friends are online, and uh, I remember Eden was in an after-school program, and she comes home and says, you know, somebody Googled me, and I, you know, went by their computer screen, and they were watching my videos. I said, well, how do you feel about that? She's like, it's creepy, you know, because I don't think she had ever seen anybody or thought about the fact that people would recognize her mm-hmm. outside of like my peers. Well, she and never what an considered... insightful feeling to have. So yeah. She's a very yeah. bright girl because there are some kids that would just be like, oh, somebody saw me on the internet. Wow. And leave it at that. But she's thinking about her internet footprint. That's what it comes down to. Well, this is fun, and I am looking forward to hearing all of the other guests because I see, you know, the teasers coming up on Instagram and Twitter, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. So as much as I was looking forward to being a guest, I am really looking forward to listening as well. Awesome, awesome. Well, I always ask if you have a pet project, if you have an upcoming appearance, if you want to drive people to your website, this is your chance to do your call to action, Eva. Give it to us. Well, okay. My website is socamom.com, S-O-C-A-M-O-M.com. And right now, it's just, you know, my regular, my regular thing. My Twitter is at SokaMomDC, and my Instagram is at SokaMom. Pretty much everything else is at SokaMom. My YouTube is a little different. My YouTube is youtube.com slash Eva Wilson. That wraps us up here with Soka Mom. Thank you, Eva Green Wilson. Coming up next episode, we have New York radio executive and comedian Jamie Roberts, also known as my podcast mentor. Till then, find us online at theculturesoup.com. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at The Culture Soup. And of course, subscribe wherever you find your favorite podcast. Talk to you again soon. The Culture Soup Podcast is a production of 
No silos communication.